let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are doing something that you threatened you'd leave if we ever did again. Yeah, I said I'd walk out. <laughs> but yet yeah, you're still here. I'm still here. I'm going to repeat what we did on show number two. Yeah, so we're, um, we're diving into alcohol-free beers again. Yeah. Because was, there's, there's been a bit of a shift in the market recently, hasn't, yeah. hasn't there? I, mean, I was a bit surprised that we'd be doing this again, but having said that, I would say about the beers recently that I've both been having and seeing spiked my interest. Okay. And we are starting with one as, yep. as well, aren't we? Now, this is one that is, is well known to you, so yes. I'm, I'm going to let you introduce this. So this is a Piston Heads Dry Hopped Lager Flat Tyre. Uh, I think Piston Heads, are they Swedish? Uh, yeah. And they, they're the copper-coloured cans, don't they, for, their, for one of their normal lagers and stuff. This is dry hopped, brewed with mosaic hopped, which obviously, if people who don't know both of us, is uh, one of our favourite hops. Uh, 0.5%, 33 centilitre, 330 milliliter can. What do you think? It's, it's actually really tasty. Um, it's, it's really light, first of all. It's, it's light in, in, in body. It's got a lovely carbonation to it as, as well. I mean, we are drinking it ice cold as well. Ice cold on a hot day. Yeah, because we are in a, here in the UK, we're in the midst of... A heat the, wave, uh, the heat wave, aren't we? And it's it's going to peak this week, so uh, it's kind of all about the lager at the yeah. moment. And this one, I think, for me, this is one that is a bit of a staple in my fridge. It's hitting the spot. It's got um, there's there's a nice bitterness, yeah, on 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 the after taste there, um, almost kind of like lemon citrusy right on the finish there. It's a bit of a strange aftertaste. Um, just before you get to that, though, yeah, I think it's. Um, it feels a bit empty. Oh, I don't get the emptiness. I think because they know that it's got the lack of alcohol, so perhaps just a little bit of that body is missing. I think they've made up with that with the, trying to get the flavour profile to come out, and I think that's what I get at the back end of it. But it usually just makes me want to have a bit more. I have to admit, it's, it's incredibly. It's beautiful. very soft, yeah, as well, and it's it's working really well, yeah. Like, like we say on, on this evening. Now, we're going to mix things up a little bit this week, and we are going to dive straight in to this week's first question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Are alcohol-free beers getting better, simply? Um, obviously, we've done this this poll before. We did it back on, like say, show, show two. Show so... two. Proper August, opinions. September 16. Yeah. So yeah. fairly much two years ago. Yeah, to, almost to the day. So 283 votes, 75% of people suggest um, it's getting better. Now, unsurprisingly, lots of those comments were about two of the beers we're going to be featuring tonight as well. We, we, to be fair, that's probably the reason why we've ended up doing this show again. Yeah, if it'd been... So as well as the Piston had been a staple of mine, so it's the Nanny State from Brewdog, a bit of a staple in my fridge. Um, and they were really the only two go-to, well, non-alcoholic, for want of a better phrase, beers that I had, alcohol-free beers. However, we've got uh, Adnam's Ghost Ship, 0.5%, and then a few weeks later, lo and behold, Thornbridge decided to spring a, a one on us as well, yeah, Big, Big Easy. Easy. And I think that got people quite excited about it as well. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've seen lots of people saying they've ordered it. Didn't I mean, Thornbridge and... 
And them was both sold out their first runs of both of these beers, didn't they? They did, yeah. And, and at the moment, I believe their website's the only place you can get them. Yeah. I think, there the might web, be a few bottle shops that are picking up the Thornbridge web, now. The web has probably helped. Yeah. People going out for days and going out to other friends for barbecues, knowing there's a limit on how much they can have. But I haven't tried the Big Easy yet. Uh, I've tried the, the Adnams many times because, it, well, it says go ship on it. And um, I, I've, ju- I've just been impressed with the, the, the quality of the beer, I have to admit. Well, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get on to yeah. those because we, are, we we have got those to look forward to. So, so yeah, uh, continuing along that vein, um, like I say, a whole list of people um, said that they were really excited to try the, the Thornbridge and Adnam. So hopefully there'll be people that will listen to the show and they'll be like, oh, so that's what they're going to taste like when, when we get around to it. So that was uh, Littlest Homebrew at Littlest Homebrew, Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, she, Sean O'Reilly. Uncrudia, Emmanuel's at Emmanuel's, and Mike Maguire at Mike Maguire. Also um, from your other half as well, Michelle Daniels at Ginger, Ginger Daniels said, I really can't wait to try the Thornbridge Big Easy, but so far, Adnams, Pissnead, Brewdog, I have awesome alcohol free beers. So they were very much people saying, This is what we're excited about. Yeah. We are excited and no about one, these two beers. Let's face it, people have never really been excited about this before. No. This is a segment of the market which traditionally you go, Oh, if I have to. Okay, I can only have one tonight because I'm driving, so I'll switch to the Beck's beer, which is a god-awful drink, to be honest. I'd rather have water or soda and yeah. lime. Um, it's that kind of thing. It's like, there's no excitement about alcohol-free beers in the past, has there? No, not, not at all. But picking up on that, there are a couple of breweries that are now specifically doing alcohol-free yep. as well, and a couple of people did mention those. So St. Arnold at St. Arnold's said, uh, yes, definitely, I've really enjoyed the range from Nirvana Beer Co. Sometimes when I'm out and want something alcohol-free in between bigger beers, but still want beer rather than sweet cola, fruit juice or tonic, I can quite happily do that right now. I think that's a really good point because I don't drink Coke very often for, you know, all those kind of drinks. It's maybe the morning after the night before and maybe a bit of a kickstart. Um... And sometimes, like when I come home after a long day at work, or even when I come back from a run, and I just, I just it's sometimes I just need that carbonation because that's what really quenches my thirst. But I don't want to just have a can of Coke. Mm. You know, arguably there's probably less calories in the beer than the Coke anyway, and especially on the alcohol-free ones. Um, so for me, I think it's an excellent idea. However, I've never thought about doing it like that though. I've never thought about it if in you're in between beers. Yeah, because some you know we talk about palate cleansers sometimes. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about stepping down to out and out alcohol free I think I'd quite happily just have water if, if I was out on a session I wouldn't want to be putting more gaseous substance into me which might then restrict me from drinking later on because I might be too full on physically yeah no, I, no, I get that as well but it's, it's something I just never would never have no. occurred to me before so it's an interesting tact yeah and then the other one, uh, Steady Beer, Steady Drinker Non-Alcoholic Beer at Steady Drinker. Uh, the best seem to be ones that have been brewed to contain little alcohol up to 0.5%, so not covered by alcohol licensing. Um, I'm yet to find 0% beer unless it's had the alcohol removed and then barely drinkable. At Infinite Session Pal, my fave of the UK under 0.5% beers. So is that, the, is that where the classification is then? You can go up to 0.5 and then your alcohol free okay do you want the sciencey bit come on that we promised our listeners last time yes by which we mean stuff that I printed off the internet that I'm yes. going to read out you've googled it 
Well, your Google ish. Um, now, obviously, we, we've mentioned both Ghost Ship <coughs> and the Big Easy, which we're going to be drinking later. Now, we were sent those by Adnams and Thornbridge, respectively. Yep, thank you very much, guys. And then their brewers then consequently got in touch with us as well to tell, oh, us, a they, bit. To tell us how they actually did it. Yeah. So, um, Fergus Fitzgerald, um, who's the head brewer at Adnams, um, basically, in, in the rest of the EU, under 0.5% is alcohol free. Under. Under. The UK has a different set of rules though, so it's got to be less than 0.05% to be alcohol free over here, and 0.5% is de-alcoholised. That's not easy to say. It's not, and I'm glad... You haven't had a drink. I'm glad <laughs> I haven't had a drink, because I'd struggle with that one. Um, um, what, sorry, um, it seems like a really tenuous difference to the naked eye. It, it does. Um, the, rules gonna, the rules are due to change over here in December. So, um, and we'll see it when we come onto the admin's bottle. It, it says on the back it's de-alcoholised. Um, whereas the others don't necessarily say that. And, and Fergus was saying that they took the approach of, they went for labelling that hedged their bets so that it would be okay under both classifications. Right. But it still says 0.5, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so, so Ben Wood from Thornbridge, at Thornbridge Ben, said um, many of the 0.5% aren't de-alcoholised. They're restricted fermentations where the 0.5% is the only alcohol produced. Um, and he then went on to say, particularly in reference to the beer we're drinking here, that the, the Piston Head can actually says on it, not alcohol free by UK law on, on the can. You carry on reading, I'm gonna have a look then. So that's, that's the classifications. In terms of how they make this beer without the alcohol in it, so, so obviously there are two versions, there's low alcohol beer, and then there's non-alcoholic beer. So low alcohol, low alcohol beer starts out as regular beer, which is then cooked in order to evaporate the alcohol. The alcohol is allowed to escape and the remaining liquid is used, essentially the opposite of distillation. Most modern breweries also utilize a vacuum evaporation to preserve flavor. In essence, the beer is placed under a light vacuum to facilitate the alcohol molecules going into the gaseous phase. Now, I, I have a, an image of them literally sucking the alcohol up, up. Or, or somebody standing over it going and, and like literally taking all the alcohol out of it now there's an alternative process called reverse osmosis which doesn't require heating and this is where the beer is passed through a filter with pores small enough that only the alcohol and water can pass through the alcohol is distilled out of the alcohol water mix using conventional distillation methods sometimes beer is simply just diluted with water to give the desired alcohol level as well so that's low alcohol beer non-alcoholic beer so this is um, converting traditional alcoholic beer to non-alcoholic it takes place after the uncarbonated beer is heated up to its boiling point another method of removing the alcohol is to decrease the pressure so the alcohol boils at room temperature this is the preferred method because raising the temperature this late in the brewing process can greatly affect the flavor of the brew once the alcohol is removed, one proceeds with normal finishing processes in order which the beer is but then carbonated and bottled. So, that is sciencey. There, there is a lot of science in there. If anyone's still with us at this point, well done. Yeah, well done. I'm because we're we're early on. Yeah, right. I'm I'm struggling with it. I need a drink now. Shit, we're doing alcohol free. 
Yeah, and we've not even got beer to wash yeah. that down. Blimey, that's... Um, so there's more than one way of doing it then? Yes. Both, so there's three or four different ways of doing it. Yeah. And you end up... Because even with, um, say, Adams, they've also reduced their Soul Bay, wasn't it? Yeah, they've brought that down to one... 0.9. Oh, right, okay. It's gone down even further. Yeah. <coughs> Blimey, that's... There's a lot going on. Does it cost more to do that, do you reckon? Sounds like a lot of work. I've no idea. I mean, I've, I've actually no idea. Because obviously one of the big grants, also one of the big grants about alcohol-free beer, a lot of the time, is that you pay just as much. That's been always one of the things, that you pay just as much for a bottle of alcohol-free beer as if you were just buying a bottle of beer. Yeah. Especially in a pub. And, and generally, when we're buying beer, the higher the ABV, the more expensive the beer yeah. generally tends to be. So you associate... So going up the scale going, yeah. going down but it doesn't work that way so I'm just wondering is it especially for the smaller breweries because we're not talking about macro for the, you know the, the, the Budweiser's and Heineken's of the world that they can just churn out loads of this stuff I'm not saying it's still not might still cost them a bit but it's more cost effective for them but is that the reason why because if I you know that, that's probably what puts that certainly puts me off sometimes going for when I'm out, a low so, alcohol version. So, so what's the price point on the the, the flat tyre? Is, the that, last, the is last, that generally the same as a can of normal well, piston head lager? We're talking Tesco here. The last time I bought them, it was like four, four for under, it was easily under a fiver. Okay. £1.25 so a can. Maybe, maybe a little bit cheaper than yeah. the, the standard lager. Because they tend to do three for £5.25 in somewhere like Tesco, yeah. they, of their beers. Um, so it was cheaper, but would it be like that in a pub? No, I think they're probably still it's the same probably margin, roughly the same it? price, yeah. isn't it? So yeah. that that that's got to if that if you want people to really buy into it, surely that's got to improve as well. Even if so? even it's even it's by a small amount. Maybe it's because as as yet we've just not had that breakthrough moment where that there's a beer that is that good at alcohol free that people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a valid point. You've got, I suppose you've got to have a critical mass first of all, haven't yeah. you? Before you can and and like you say, it does sound like quite a complicated process to go through as well. So there's quite possibly the same amount of work involved in brewing alcohol-free beer as there is in, in, in brewing normal beer. Almost sounded like there was more in places, to be honest. Yeah. Um, to, from what you were saying there. But um, it's very interesting, though. I have to admit. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, let's just... Um, finish this one up really with just a few other comments that, that, that we had in as well so uh, <coughs> Wembden Beer Monster at a barley wine is life great handle there um, certainly there seems to be more choice of no low alcohol beers from a better standard of brewery the more breweries taking this sector seriously now I feel which again is, is you know yeah. it's, it's kind of possibly the great untapped market at, at the moment. Um, Edward Shaw at Dr. Shaw 69 said, in my experience, no, but boy, are the 25 to 3.5% beers getting stunning, which I think is something that we've said time and time again. I mean, that, but yeah, I mean, that, that's all down to personal, you know, personal flow, but he, he's not wrong about a 25 to 3.5 yeah. market. I mean, we've, we've said how many times we said now Cloudwater are absolutely nailing those yeah. beers at, at that yeah, ABV, aren't they? You've still got Colonel as a go-to table beer, yeah. Marble, all of those ones are doing some smashing beers in that range. Yeah. And then just to finish up this one, so Simon Clark at Simon Carbon said, it's great to see Choice opening up, so good for designated drivers. But that situation aside, who would choose to drink a low or no alcohol beer? Well, I think I already said my bit. For me, it's just an alternative to having water or tea, which is really all else I drink. 
So for me to have a low alcohol beer on those days when I don't want to be having a few beers, yeah. it gives me a nice option now, but there are flavoursome, tasty, enjoyable beers out there right at 0.5. Well, like I say, sometimes you want that, you just want that cold, really tightly carbonated hit. Yeah. Sometimes you can't even get that from soft drink because no, the, then you get the, the sugar. carbonation's too much. Yeah. And it's too gassy, isn't it? Yeah, because I mean, you know, I've almost finished our piston head. Yeah. I, I found it really, it's a really soft carbonation. It hasn't got that real harshness that you get when, with a Coke initially, say, for example. I mean, what's your final thoughts on this one? It's perfectly drinkable. Um, would I pick it up off the shelf to have as, as a staple? Maybe, maybe not. Um, there's something there's something on that finish that I'm not getting on with okay um, whether it's a little bit I don't know a little bit manufactured maybe the, the taste in there I, I, I don't know yeah I mean don't get me wrong I mean it's perfectly drinkable I couldn't session it but I could have a couple of those of an evening especially a night like tonight cold um, I said, I've also got probably a bit more use to them than you as well yeah, well, like anything, over time, you, you'd get used to the taste yeah. of something, wouldn't you? Um, so I find it really enjoyable. What, what else it is handy for, if we can compare the 330 flat tyre to what we're about to have next, the Adams Ghost Ship, this takes up a lot less room in my fridge as well. Yeah. Because the Ghost Ship is in the traditional 500 milliliter bottle, but it's the standard for Adams. This is just a normal 330 can. So these can sit in the fridge for whenever, yeah. I, whenever I want them. Well, it's that whole packaging thing again, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Which whole... um, Brewdog have now got nanny state in cans. Have they? So that, that's easier for my fridge as well. So it's actually pushed a few proper beers out of the way, which is probably a bit too far. <laughs> Easy there. Yeah, sorry. Easy. Um, so that's the, the, the alcohol-free <laughs> bit done. Yeah. W- wanted to get that out of the way up front um, so we could just probably then get into the rest of the show, enjoy the beers, give our thoughts on the beers, and, and then do the sorts of stuff that, that, that people love listening to us talk about, like um, what we've been up to. In, in, in the last couple of oh, weeks. That, would, that, would that be Beery Adventures? That would be our Beery Adventures. Our Beery Adventures. Original. Yes. Original, original Beery, Beery one, Adventures. One only. Um, so you, you go first, mate, on, on, <coughs> on this one. This okay, well, we've got a joint one, but we'll come to that. Um, Andy Parker of Elusive Brewing, who I'm sure most of our listeners will be familiar with Andy, either in person, his beers, Twitter, blogs, you know, home brewer turned commercial brewer, nicest man in beer. Etc. Um, that's a lot of titles. He's a lot of titles, but he's probably earned the damn things as well. That's, that's true. Yeah. Annoyingly so. Um, he had his um, homebrew book launch last week at the Beer Merchants Tap. Um, not too far for me to get to from work. Um, handy because I still have my card from when I invested in them as well. So I was able to treat. Still, still got a few pennies on. Got there. a few pennies on there, but elusive brew beers did use up a few of those pennies. I had to meet on the night. Um, and I did, I did buy buy one of the books. It's like um, it's a bit like a like an A5 size. It's, it is almost like you know. It's, the, it's quite tiny, isn't it? You know it? the yeah. sort of pocket cargo pan yeah. pockets you have. It would fit in one of those, effectively. And so Andy and his missus were there, and they did, he did a bit of a fifteen minute talk in the back room at Beer Merchants, and then you know everyone was just mingling and stuff. It was um, a really nice friendly evening. There was lots of his. Um, homebrew friends from where, where he used to originally do his homebrew as part of the club locally yeah. where he lived they were there supporting him so that was really nice and um, you know again weather was lovely and the beer merchants tap is just a lovely lovely space anyway so that was a really enjoyable night however it was a Tuesday 
which meant I then had to get from the tap back to Stratford and that walk seems to get longer every time I do it because <laughs> you can see the Olympic Stadium yeah, and then you just carry on seeing the Olympic Stadium and you carry on walking past it it seemed to take ages and then I had a bus replacement service as part of the journey oh, as well no. on the uh, on the evening but um, so you know it was a nice evening everyone had a good time nice and relaxed but yeah I need that walk to get shorter yeah. I need Stratford to move closer to beer merchants or beer merchants to move closer to Stratford. So it was perfect for me that day when I went and saw the Foo Fighters because we had the stopping point of the stadium. Yes. To, to yeah. break up that, that wall. But you know what I'm saying? It just feels like. It, it does seem I always think in my head, oh, it's 15 minutes. Yeah. But it's yeah, not. Because it's, it's almost 15 minutes just if you did the Westfield bit shopping yeah. centre. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very deceiving because, like you say, once you get to that stadium, you probably only are just about halfway yeah. because it's then quite a walk to Westfield. Yeah. And then you've got to get through Westfield. Yeah. As, as well so yeah I, 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 it definitely takes longer than you first think especially when you've had a few few beers as well but yeah no lovely evening nice to see um, Andy have his book in print I mean that must be such a buzz as well yeah. to have, have your book yeah he looked uh, properly proud of it yeah. in, in, in the pictures that, that I saw right? yeah I think he's earned the rest now you know because he, you know, he can't have that much free time anyway no. And according to Jane his missus um, they were just um, he was just doing it on Sundays like presumably that was his day off and yeah. he was still doing it I think well, he, he seems to continue going from strength to strength I saw he posted on Twitter today that he had had um, someone had got in touch to ask if they could have a permanent keg line yeah uh, rotating like keg first yeah. permanent keg line brilliant so yeah it's, Good stuff. it's great that he's still growing anyway before we uh, get into your first beer adventure cheers cheers um, bit of ghost ship yeah now this is very different from the uh, piston head it is it's um, this does feel more like an ale doesn't it yeah You've got everything. It's the, the malts are playing a big part in this. Yep, much much that. more so. This was all about getting the fruitiness from the hops, wasn't yeah. it? The piston head. Yeah, this is kind of a little bit of classic Adnams here in terms of very very sort of malty backbone to it, and and then it's kind of got all of the other flavours just lightly wrapped around it. Yeah, and they've uh, written the label just for us. Citra hops. Use the word citra on it, um, and obviously took the opportunity to do a bit of a ghost ship rebrand on the bottles, didn't they? Yeah, because the standard one has changed yeah. as well, hasn't it? So I think the ship is the same design. It's the, it's the colours, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I think the, the standard ones are slightly brighter in it. Yeah. I think it's more blue and blue and yellow and green, where this is red and purple and, 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 and yellow on, on there. So what, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, like I said, I've had it before. I, I do like the fact that it's got um, a nice balance between the hops and the, uh, the malt. Probably more, almost more so than the um, standard ghost ship, actually. So I say the standard ghost ship, you get a lot more of the fragrance of the hops coming mm. through. This one feels like they thought, what's the best way of doing it? Let's get let's get the malts to play their part as well. It's a really light finish on it as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's not um, it's very light on the dryness. Slight, <coughs> sorry, a bit of a cough. A little bit bitter, but nothing, everything's just subtle. Yeah. They haven't tried to go for any harshness in any one particular area, have they? It is, it is literally like ghost ship light, yeah. isn't it? It's like, here's all your characteristics of ghost ship, but we're just going to dial it all down a little bit. I'd love to know if they, at some point, if they would ever put this on cask, and then I could do a side-by-side of cask, ghost ship. That might be a very expensive process for them. That might be very expensive, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, it might be a, a dream that never comes true, but hey, but I, you know, initial thoughts are it's not too bad at all. Yeah, no. So, so what have you been up to? Um, well, I went to um, uh, an event last week uh, at 
uh, Fuller's pub called The Gun, which is which is in the Docklands. Now, Fuller's have been, over the summer, they've been working with uh, a production company called We Are Open Bar to put on um, two Shakespeare plays in, in their beer gardens. So, currently running, they've got much ado about nothing. Uh, and then in a few days' time, the second production starts, which is Midsummer Night's Dream. So, they're, they're performing these in the beer gardens. Okay. So, Tickets are fairly reasonable. Like they, I think they range between like thirteen and sixteen pound a, a ticket. So um, grabbed a couple of tickets to go down to the gun to see this, and I've got to say, it was brilliant. I had not a clue what was going on in in terms of the plot. Because, <laughs> Which one did you uh, see? Uh, we saw much to do about nothing. Okay. Um, now Shakespeare liked to use a lot of words. Shakespeare uses a hell of a lot. Of yeah. Words. Um, but the, the brilliant part about it was that it was performed by four people and between the four of them they, they um, played 18 characters in, in Much Do About Nothing. Uh, I suppose part of that is them being clever because they know they've got limited space to use yeah. as well. Yeah, but it, it was very good. Um, most enjoyable. Uh, what it was let down by slightly was the beer. Um, Which is a bit of a shame, really, for a Fuller's pub when you've gone it, to an open-air theatre performance in the beer yeah. garden. I mean, I walked in and I went straight for a cask beer, which is kind of unusual for me, but not so much when you go into a Fuller's pub. Yeah. I, I would always... I mean, I was hoping they'd have ESB on, but they didn't. Um, but they had, uh, I think, one of their summer seasonals on called Fruit Loop. Oh, yeah, because you messaged me about it, didn't you? Yeah. Now, they, they poured it, and I took a sniff of it, and I have to say, it didn't smell right. On, on the first sniff, but I, I put it down to the fact that they've used lots of different tropical fruit in it, and, and it's actual fruit they've used in it as well, so I thought, maybe it's just that the, the fruits are fermented a little bit, and it's it, it's just kind <coughs> of true. Took a swig of it, and it, it didn't taste particularly right either, it was it tasted quite sour, quite sherbet-y, and I was like, I don't think this is what they were going for with a tropical pale ale. Um, so I left it for a minute, and then went back to it, and then on the second time, when I when I took a sniff of it, all I got was vinegar, and I was like, right, th- this is off, so I'm I'm going to take it back. So I took it back to the bar, and I, I said to the guy, look, it, it just smells like vinegar. I think the cask has probably gone, and he was like, oh, fair enough. Oh, and he he poured me a pint of the session IPA because by that point that was me done with cask. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, so I had a pint of the session IPA, but the the thing that then bothered me was mm. my pint then stayed on the bar nobody he hadn't told anybody else about it so there was this three quarters of a pint just sat on the bar that no one was touching and then they didn't take the pump clip off or, or anything I did see them pulling the lines through and they poured away a couple of wine coolers of, of the beer but then when I went back in at half time of the production it was still on now I doubt whether they'd had a second cask and I doubt whether in that time they had cleaned the lines properly. So I was just a bit... It's not really what you expect from a Fuller's pub. No, because I couldn't remember what pub you said. And the gun, I think the gun is a, is a more re- recent acquisition. Yeah, I've, I've been there before and it wasn't Fuller's before. So I don't know whether that's part of it. Because I've had, I've had Fruit Loop in a couple of places. Once at the Astronomer at Liverpool Street and once at the Token House near work. And yeah, I mean, I've said it's not overly fruity, but it's nicely balanced with hints of tropical fruits. I yeah. think that, that's I, what you. I got none of that, and that's what you'd expect with flows because it's never going to blow because they're still going to be in that mid range of everything, yeah. aren't they? And you know, I, I've had, uh, I haven't gone back to say any of them were 
bad or anything like that. So it, it's got to be that you got it at the wrong time. It's gone over the edge. It's fallen off the cliff. Yeah. But then it should, <coughs> sorry, it should be taken off. It should have been. It should have been taken off straight away. And well, that first thing I should have done was turn the pump clip round. Yeah. Before anything else, because all right, then you might find maybe there was a blockage in the line or something. Yeah. Then you can turn it back round again. But for now, we're not serving this. Yeah. That should be it. But but also, all, all joking aside, that then put me off of buying any of their other cask beer because in, it instantly made me question whether they could keep a beer well. Oh, it would put me off because. I'll go, huh, can't trust you on one of your own beers. Yeah. I'm not going not gonna to... Go you've got to be able to try, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a Fuller's pub. If nothing else, they should be able to pull through Fuller's beer as well. Well, you would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. As, as a minimum. So I, I probably would have done the same as you. I would have defaulted something like the Session IPA. Yeah, and that's, that's what I did. And, and I only had the one because I was driving uh, at the other end as well. But I must admit, the, the rest of the section was pretty poor in, in there as well. More mainstream stuff than... Like more macro stuff than, than anything else. Yeah, like I said, I think I think what Fuller's have done recently with some of their acquisitions is almost buying up the air some some areas which they didn't have covered off. Yeah. In, in London, not necessarily overtly going Fuller's full on, so to speak. Yeah. But um, which I think is always a shame because I want to see least in a Fuller's. I'd like to see that a few more of their cast beers on offer. Yeah, I don't. I mean, London Pride is a great beer when it's kept well. Yeah. But if I'm going into a Fuller's pub, I really want to see ESB on because I want a pint of that. Yeah, I'd be the same. More than I do, I do London Pride. But the but the but the play and the and the venue. Yeah, all it's, good. The, the, their beer garden is literally on the on the banks it, of the it Thames. It is right. It goes right onto the Thames, yeah. doesn't it? And you're right opposite the O2. Yeah. As, as well, so you couldn't have asked for a better location. Great performance, lots of laughs, really good night. Excellent, excellent. Um, I was up in Milton Keynes at the weekend. Oh, yeah. um, see yeah. my parents and um, I managed to steer my, my dad away from going straight to Spoons which is an achievement in itself to be honest <laughs> and um, brew house bar and kitchen which I think um, certainly in London a few of us will know of from like Islington and up around Highbury Way and stuff like that yeah. um, I've always quite liked the way the bars are laid out I think I went to an innocent gun that, that virtual reality thing was over there um, with the they have the copper tanks there's a bit of a centrepiece, don't they, for brewing their own beers? Yeah. Um, and I think I did read recently that they were they were going to switch to more keg than cask as oh, well. Okay. Um, but this one had four different cask beers on, um, sort of ranging from your three point six session of their own beers of their own beers okay. up to their five percent. Their like an English IPA, but I to me the English IPA was the sort of English IPA I really do enjoy drinking. Not dissimilar. Not quite as bold, but not dissimilar to the ESP, really. Yeah. Um, and they had three of their own keg beers on as well. And they do their brewing on Friday and Saturdays, because that's when they can do the work with the beer brewer for a day thing as well. And the place had a lovely smell of it. It was like you could smell the, the malt and stuff. Um, what surprised me is where the, the copper t- the copper tons were, is that, or the, where they're doing the brewing, is that you know sometimes you go to a brewery and the, the hot water's dripping out? There wasn't like an iron cage around it or something. I was thinking like, you know, health and safety these days, yeah. you know, you got to sink around it. It was quite refreshing, to be honest, that that wasn't the case, even though the pub did allow for children's coming as well. Um, but yeah, it was, um, the beers were all nice. Uh, the venue was lovely. It, it actually used to be a Spoons. It was one of their Lloyd's number one brand. Yeah. And it's in what they're revamping up as the theatre district's Milton Keynes. So the forecast beers were all nice, had halves in there, halves of those. 
and then tried the kegs. Uh, the standout beer was the oatmeal stout. That was absolutely delicious, really on point. Nice cold oatmeal stout mid-afternoon on a hot day. Oh, delightful. Yeah, it was perfect. Absolutely delightful, yeah. Yeah, so that, that, was, that was a nice little, nice little find for me. And uh, it meant I needed to go to the spoons I don't like for one drink. And was that uh, Citra by any chance? No, they didn't. They had some rubbish cast beer on this weekend. Went to both spoons and both of them were rubbish. I think I went for the um, Formbridge Versa. Oh, okay. Which is new to spoons because obviously Tim Martin is... Um, getting rid of all his European Union beers. So he's bringing in other wheat beers. So your wheat beer choice is Versa from Thornbridge or Atlantic White from Brains. Okay. Well, it's, at least it, it's nice to see that Thornbridge are, are getting the exposure yeah. as, as, as a result of it. 1.99. Wow. For a pint? No, for a bottle of Versa. Oh, okay. There's, this, these are the bottles. Yeah. Um, and so I, to me, I, was, I said, yeah, I'll have a bottle of that. I know, I know I'm going to enjoy it. I've had yeah. it before. It's a nice, light, Berliner Weiss-type beer rather than full-on wheat. Very tasty. And even when I went down to the other spoons, um, I think I ended up having um, a Bengali and uh, um, Green Devil. Okay. Cast selection down there was shit as yeah. well. But um, yeah, is it the, uh, the Brewhouse Bar and Kitchen, tick. Excellent. I'll be going back there again. Cool. And obviously in, in, in the last couple of weeks, we both went to the Chelmsford Beer Festival as, as well, their summer beer festival. Yeah, we went on the opening night. We did. And it was lovely, wasn't it? It was it was such a chilled vibe. It was fairly quiet. Yeah. Again, beautiful weather, lovely evening, just a real nice feel to the place. It was it was um, perfect. I mean, it did have a nice nice range of beers. They've got quite a few brewery bars now at the Chelmsford yeah. Beer Festival as well, haven't they? I was surprised at that. From... Far, you know, far, far afield. We had, did they still have the Sharps Bar? They had some Sharps beers, uh, but they had the Skinners. Yeah, well, you know, Wibblers. Um, I mean, Wibblers yeah. are obviously fairly local. Um, but they, they had the Evil Key Keg Bar. Yes, which, which you headed to almost straight away, yeah. straight away for. Pint uh, Jaipur, thank you very much. Yeah, but they did have Jaipur on Gravity as well, which I had. They did, and I had it as well. Yeah, and, and I enjoyed a, it. That was a good nick. Not as much as the keg, but... No. Um... And the, uh, I think the keg beers was causing them a little bit of work, just be, I think just because of the heat. Yeah. They were really having to work there with the key keg machines. Big heads coming out on those beers. There were. Um, but then uh, the evening took a strange turn, Steve. It did. You um, know, you, you made a, a suggestion which called Clayton and myself out. Yeah, I, I suggested we um, visit the Belgian bar. Yeah. I, I did wonder what someone had put in your drink. Um I just fancied something different. I, I, I must admit, I had a, I had a couple of um, some couple of beers from the keg bar. Wasn't really finding my feet with any of the gravity pours, and I, I just wanted something different. So we, we went over to the Belgian bar, where we basically hung on to it until quite late into the evening, didn't we? Drinking our way through a number of very, actually very nice. Um, the, the selection of beers on um, tap, and they were managing to look keep them yeah, going up. I mean, they obviously, were pouring really well. So anyone who may, may or may not have heard, but this is uh, like what's known as Podge's Belgian beer bar. So this is a guy who's well versed in him and his missus are well versed in the art of looking after the Belgian beers, and their their keg pouring was fine to be honest. Yeah. Um, we had a Belgian IPA. We had a dark beer, with a bit more of a sour one. 
<coughs> Lovely little selection, actually. Yeah, it was it was a nice range. I think what also helped is they would come out nice and cold as well. They were kind of perfectly cold. You know, again because it's still part of the whole summer thing. That, that worked out really well. But it was nice and cold. But yeah, that was um, I wasn't expecting that, but it was it was very pleasant standing over there. It was because it was quiet. It was even yeah. quieter over there than it was anywhere else. Yeah, they met, did you know it's massive cider selection? Yeah, always huge. have a massive cider selection, huge. don't they? Absolutely huge. Um, but no, it, it was lovely. It was. Um, because it was such nice weather, people were outside enjoying, well, sunset effectively. Oh. Watch the sun go down over the park. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, you could have got that, if they keep the same week and it doesn't clash with the old bottle share, then I think that's that first night I'll be Opening there again night, for that. Because yeah. that worked out really nicely. Yeah, that was a, that was a lovely evening. So, um, any more? Or, or, or are you done? Uh, there? We had fans in. Oh yeah, we've yeah. The fanzine yeah, we're, we're, not, we're not mentioned fanzine in a while. No. Um, um, what did you think of the last three? Again, a nice, varied selection yep. of, of styles. So I think there was a there was a Kellebeer. Was it? Was there? A, was yeah, Kellebeer Kelle- Peels. Another West Coast. Yeah. IPA another version of the Jet Trash. Yeah. And then they had a Bumley Wine, which was again a, a comeback, uh, a beer that they've. They've put out before. Yeah, see, I some of these comeback ones, some time, of these comeback ones, I don't, I don't realise. But um, I, we, me and Michelle, we tend to do all three together. And I know that um, you know Mark had done his Instagram post, Mark Johnson, and said maybe the barley wine would benefit from being a bit longer. I to me, I quite like a well-made fresh barley wine. I think yeah. it's quite nice. Um, and I thought it was superbly drinkable for what about twelve and a half percent? Was it? It was quite. Yeah. It was a big and bold, it wasn't was, it? It was a big beer. <laughs> and um, it was um, it was a, it was a really enjoyable drink. But again, nice varied selection. Um, ticked ticked boxes. The Keller Pills had nice again ice cold on a hot day. Mm-hmm. Worked really well. Um, they're nailing those um, West Coast ones at the moment. Oh, that that Jet Trash was incredible. It was just really good. Again, it's just a selection that I really enjoyed. M- much like yourself, I, I I will try to do all three in one sitting, so so, so that I can enjoy the range of styles that they've put in there unless maybe there's a big impy stout in there that you know will benefit from a little bit of time but the last thing I want to do is start building up a, a cellar full of fancy uh, well, especially when they come every other week anyway because yeah. I mean we're talking about it now by the time the show goes out well, the other one's going to be delivered the next one's going to have dropped yeah so but no I've, I, again I'm fairly much what was the one I didn't have I think I did have the coconut one or rust yes uh, uh, pina colada yeah, so of all the ones I've had, that's the one I haven't had so far. I've I've had them all again, fairly yeah. much. No, yeah. I mean, I I drank that one. Um, I, I I did share it. Um, and couldn't fault it for. It, oh, I, it, it, did, it did what it said on the team. I had a whiff of the aroma, and blimey, did it remind it, me it of tick, pina colada. It ticked all of the boxes. For for me, there's only the, the only one that hasn't really worked for me so far out of the I think we've had what 21 beers now I'm going to say the English IPA yeah. see I re- I thought that was a massive miss oh see I really enjoyed it I just thought it was all over the place oh but I, but I'm presuming they only do one batch each time but I really enjoyed that one because I had a bit of trepidation against that one because you weren't the only one who said that yeah but yeah, I really enjoyed it. But again, even if it's one or two, so pina colada isn't because it was badly made; it's because it's just not my thing. No, it wasn't. It wasn't my thing, and that's I, I. I still gave it a fairly decent score on Untapped because I'm like, well, you've nailed the style that you've set out to create here. You've nailed it. Yeah. Just I, I can't score it down because it's not to my taste. No, 
<laughs> There's nothing wrong <coughs> with this beer. It's a good beer. Yeah, so I would say, so far, that's it. 21, 21 beers we've had. Yeah. It's a fairly decent hit rate. Is it just? So, looking forward to see what this week's uh, bring. Yeah, and the hits just keep on coming. Exactly. As they say. So, let's get into some news then. Um, so, first up, uh, the surprising news and the, the, the very sad news uh, as well that Owls by Mal um, have ceased trading and they've gone into voluntary liquidation. Uh, so this all happened, um, I think the first notes of it came out uh, on Thursday last week, as, as we recalled on, on Monday, um, with, with the note saying that uh, the last parcels will be going out of the, the, the warehouse on the 20th of July. They then had a bit of a, uh, an open warehouse on Saturday. Saturday where people could go down and buy beers. And then, as of today, they've put out the formal statement to say that they've ceased trading. It's very sad. It does feel like it's happened really quickly. It does. I mean, we were down there. That's where we did the. That's where we did the camp. The the a few of the extra cannonballs. Um, they had their carpet. That was only that was Father's Day weekend. Yeah. So five weeks. Um, and they were talking about getting some new fridges in out the front because they've been working on that front yeah. bit for a while now. That's, they've gradually been make they've gradually been improving that to be honest. And they're talking about getting new fridges in, um, and my last work beer tasting, which I need to oh, I forgot about that for beer adventures. I had a work beer tasting last week. Um, all the beers were supplied by Owls by Man. Oh right, okay. Because I've been using them since about 2012. Yeah. For it, so those beers got delivered. Uh, let's see, we had the tasting on last Wednesday. The, the beers got delivered the Wednesday before that. It has, it's, it's, no come, it's come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure something's been bubbling away. Yeah. There have been firefighting, perhaps, and things like that, but there was no real hint of it, when because you know, everything got delivered, there was no issues with it. One, one delivery, when they said it was going to be delivered. Yeah. No problems, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I've always, I've always been very keen to make sure that finance get our invoices paid quickly for those kind of things, but it is really sad. I mean, it's where we first met, Steve. It is, it is, and I think... As a as a company, they've been they've been a massive part of my journey into beer. I, I think I, I placed my first ever online order with Owls by Mouth. Same here. Um, you, you know, going back to the start of the old Beer O'Clock Show, they that they sponsored us for a season. Who did those yeah. sixty second reviews? Didn't yeah, they? they've always been really open to work with us, really happy to work with us. You know, they've obviously always provided us with a discount code for our listeners as well. Weird bottle share extras there. Yeah, I've, I've got so much time and, and the news just, um, it just really rocked me in terms of, like I say, it just came out of nowhere. But it's, it's, you know, for me, it's the first of those ilk of places which have been part of my beer journey that something's happened to them. Um, yeah. I think probably maybe even seems worse because we knew the people there and it's fairly local to us as well. Um, you know, an online retailer can be anywhere by the very nature that you're ordering online, but they are actually local. Yeah. You know, for me, it's 20 minutes drive for you, what, 30 minutes drive yeah. from where you live. And they, they obviously helped us out with the, the cannonball rush. Yeah, massively. They, you know, they put the beers aside for us. We went down and collected them on the morning of release. And and then you know we we were able to do the show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm. It's a real, real shame, and I hope that whatever comes out after this on the on the other side of it for both Paul and his and his band of merry men and women that they all get sorted. Yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on that. 
Let's um, we, let's raise a glass to yeah. um to Owls by Mail. I think. Cheers, cheers, cheers Owls by Seba have rejected uh, proposed changes by appointment. Um, so this is the um, just a big big can big ABV one. Yes, uh, basically. Um, so this is the fifth review of Portman Group's code of practice um, and Seba have said that having previously expressed concerns that the review could lead to styles such as double IPAs falling foul of the new code they've rejected the notion that there should be unit based definition for immoderate alcohol consumption uh, and they said they go on to say that we believe a much better way of determining whether a product enc- encourages immoderate consumption is to see following a complaint if it is indeed being consumed immoderately and work backwards from that. So uh, they then do also go on to point out that many other products on the market contain more than four units of alcohol in a single container but are intended to be shared and hence it cannot categorically support the change. Okay, I mean to be honest, I, I, I think it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an odd one for Seba to go. Uh, sorry for a Portman Group to go for, um, but then you could argue then that I think we've had that discussion, the same discussion that um, Roland and Gary had on the Stephen Roland's beer podcast about yeah. having such strong beers in five hundred milliliter cans. So yeah, it's probably don't, somewhere. Don't always want to drink five hundred mils to no. yourself. Do and you? uh, and I think people still haven't got the eye. A can doesn't lend itself to looking like it's going to be shared. No, that's the difference, isn't it? Because even with the old uh, unhuman cannibal, it was in 660 bomber. Or right, let's assume you and I may have shared at some point, <laughs> but it looked like it could be shared. And yeah, I think it's, I think it's designed. The, it's that can thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's where that can culture. I really, think Portman have probably homed in on it. It's, it's a can. Yeah, it's not some beautiful bottle. It's a can. You can just walk around with a can. Right, you wouldn't walk around with a 500 milliliter bottle normally, no. but you might walk around with a 500 milliliter can. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Seba have offered as much as perhaps they could have. Yeah, they've, they've said no. Uh, let's wait and see if we get a complaint. Yeah, I've got, I've got to say it was also said that um, both Camera and the British Beer and Pub Association have also expressed concerns over the four units definition of immoderate consumption. So yeah, I, th- I think that bit is the is one. But I think you know it's, it'd be good if. At work, if you go to your manager and he says to do something, you just go no. He probably wants you to expand a bit more. Yeah, as to why. Yeah, and maybe what they you know couldn't. What would have been better would have been if Seba, Camera, and the BBPA had all come out together with something universal. Yeah, as an Quite alternative, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. So it's all very well saying that they may have other, but still, it's three bodies saying slightly different versions of the same thing. Yeah, align yourselves a little bit. You're yeah. quite a stronger case. Have a talk. I mean, Seba, come on, the bloke in charge of Seba was in charge of camera before. Yeah. So while we're talking uh, Portman, um, another story uh, has emerged this week. So there was a complaint made over. Uh, remember when Brewdog rebranded Punk IPA in, into their, Pink, their Pink IPA? IPA. Yeah. So um, a complaint was made to Portman about it, um, saying that um, basically because it said Pink IPA beer for girls, and um, the complaint was that it could appeal to under eighteen because of the beer for girls. 
the Portman Group acknowledged that Pink IPA was designed to generate discussion around the gender pay gap to tie in with International Women's Day and recognised that the product was intended to be ironic. However, they noted that the dictionary definition of the term girl is a female child. Um, this feels like it's getting a bit petty, this Oh, that's, that, that, that's not what I was expecting to come out when you said that it had been upheld. I thought it was going to be because of the whole gender thing more so. No, no, it's, over, was, it's over the word girl. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <coughs> so I just find that a bit odd. John, John Timothy, obviously we spoke yeah. to a couple of shows back, um, stated that the ruling by the panel sets an important precedent around the use of the terms girl and boy on alcohol labels. Now, typically, Brewdog responded. No. Do you, do you not even want me to read it? No, go on. I'm, <laughs> I'm just shocked they responded. As a one-off campaign aimed squarely at satir- satirising gender stereotypes on International Women's Day, we're comfortable it was no more aimed at underage drinkers than it was genuinely targeted at women. We're as bothered about this Portman Group ruling as we are about any other. That is, not at all. So, I mean, I mean, to be fair, what was there any sort of sanction from Portman Group? Well... Is there a... Because... This was a one-off anyway, so it's not as if they were about to do it again. Yeah, and I, and I think after the shitstorm that got thrown at Brewdog over doing it anyway, I don't think they would do it again No. A- anyway, would they? So it's almost like a... Mm. It's, it's, it's a whole bit of... It's bit of nothing. nothing. Staying on the Brewdog theme, um, they've announced they're opening yet another London bar. So this is uh, a tenth bar in London. It's going to be at Canary Wharf. Well, I suppose they haven't gone over there, and there is a lot. I rec- they've opened that off the back of successor t- Tower Bridge, I reckon. Yeah, they they do reference it in in the the blog. I bet you because I mean, Tower Bridge was their first one solely aimed at effectively the city. Yeah, and the city has a satellite called Canary Wharf. Yeah. So you go, since opening Brewdog Tower Hill is going great guns at the eastern edge of the city. But we know this is just one desert of many in the big smoke. So we thought we're planning other incursions into craft beer, no man's lands. So that's going to be... Of which Canary Wharf has plenty of no man's land for decent beer, craft or otherwise. Well, well, yeah, that's, essentially that's where I was when I went to the gun. Yeah. You come out of Canary Wharf and you've got, I think you've got an all bar one. Yep, and, and you, you've got a Fuller's and you've got um, down near the Museum of London, Docklands, you've got a Spoon's. Okay. <clears throat> that's fairly much it yeah and the rest of them are you might find a few old old school boozers but you don't I, I'm not too sure what sort of beers they'll have um, so I'm not surprised and I'm not surprised off the back of Tower Hill that they've gone over there yeah well just I mean it's obviously going to be a success isn't it I mean it's a busy place oh it you will know. be and they'll, they'll they'll build some that fits into that arena as well yeah It'll, like they have done down at Tower Hill I mean obviously Brewdog um are opening a, a bar with Milton Keynes. Yeah, I saw this. Um, so this is this is the old Draft House. So Draft House, who everyone now knows, Brewdog bought Lock, Stock and Barrel. Um, and in London, all of the Draft House uh, pubs are staying as Draft Houses. Um, however, the Draft House in Milton Keynes is, is act, has actually been closed. It's been refurbished and opens this coming Friday as a Brewdog. They didn't waste their time there, did they? Did not. I mean, the the dra- I don't know what the draft house were thinking. They'd gone for some sort of a cross between trying to go for a craft bar and a fifties diner look, and oh, uh, it was a mess. Strange. It was a mess. Yeah. Um, and also outside of London, if you have to choose between draft house brand and Brewdog, Brewdog wins every time, surely as a brand. You know, they yeah. sort of it's more recognisable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I reckon that'll be a, that'll be a big hit because again, Milton Keynes is a growing area. 
It's 30 minutes from London, plenty of commuter, belt people there, bit of money, and you've only got two or three other alternatives, and that's that sort of ilk anyway. So I reckon that'll do well when it opens up. Yeah. I'll take Dad there as well. I'm hey. sure, I'm sure, every three. Dad, I love Brudel. <laughs> Here you go, have some punk IPA. Yeah. Um, and then finally for the news this week, and, and this is maybe almost future news here and, and this was just me being nosy on somebody else's conversation on, on, on Twitter so um, Richard Taylor at MySpade uh, asked the question um, to um, Charles Farham and British Hops about how is the UK hop crop looking this year with the weather um, are we in for a vintage year or do we need some of the wet stuff and um, Paul Corbett um, at Farron Paul replied to say the plants are looking very stressed. The crop will be very light unless we get some rain. So I'm, I'm wondering if we're on the verge of a bit of a UK hop shortage next year. Yeah, well, ju- judging by the stuff I've been reading about the weather recently, there's it's not going to be just hops at this rate. It's going to be just lots it's of everything. Everything, yeah. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, we're part of the European Union. Oh no, we're not. No, no, we're on our own. Shit. Yeah. But Definitely no, that, I mean, uh, you know, even though I'm not a massive fan of. Some of the English hop varieties, they provide a very useful service. That they do, and, and when, when they're used well... They're great. They're not bad, Because they? when they're used well in balance, especially in English-British cask beers, yeah, but I mean, if you suddenly start running out of them, we're just going to end up with more malt bombs, aren't we? I think so, yeah. I'm not sure I want some of those. Not um, as my go-to sort of drinks, no. So is that the news? That's the news. Well yeah. done. It's a bit of a slow news week. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's be honest. If it were, you know, Brewdog, Brewdog, Brewdog. Thank Portman, Brewdog. Portman, <laughs> Brewdog, Portman, Brewdog. It's kind of, yeah. Um, how, how are we doing with the ghost ship? I mean, you're, oh, you're, almost, you're almost done. Almost finished. Like I said, I really do enjoy that. I, I do prefer it to the piston head. To say the piston head can occupy a lot smaller space in my fridge. Um, it is a bigger serving as well, yeah. and, I, and I think you might start struggling with that if it warms up too quickly. Oh yeah, I mean, if I think you'd say that for a lot of English beers anyway, wouldn't you? Mm. If you, you don't, I'd probably it, say that with the with the standard ghost ship. Yeah, you wouldn't want it to be warm. No, you're getting even close to warm, really. Absolutely. Um, I th- again, I think it's really drinkable. It's very well balanced. Um, would I automatically know on a blind taste that it was only 0.5 percent? I don't think so. Would you be able to pick that out against Ghost Ship? I'm confident I'd better pick it out against Ghost so Ship. So if you were given those as a blind tasting, would you be able to confidently say that one's Ghost Ship? I'm confident I would, but if I did a blind taste, I'd make sure there was no one else near me at the time who knew me <laughs> when I was doing it. But I'm, fa- I'm fairly certain I would do, because I think it's just more the the citrus flavours come through on the standard Ghost Ship. And it's probably got a little bit more body to it as well. A little bit more body, a bit more citrus, slightly less of that malt comes through, I think, yeah. on, on the Ghost Ship. But like I say, I think, again, for no point, can, you know, even from two years ago. It's mar- the, the we've improvement only done, is ridiculous. We've only done two beers. Yeah. yeah and the, 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 we hadn't done these beers before. Well, well, last time we had to, we literally had to go for what were the macro offerings in the supermarket. So we, we were sent one by St. Peter's. Yeah. And then I think we had Nanny State. We had the Erdinger Alcohol Fry. And actually, I think that was it. That was all we could get hold of. We really struggled uh, at the time. Yeah, and oh, and we had we did Becks. I think. I mean, I still preferred the Nanny State. I think you went. Did you go for the alcohol fry? Uh, I went for yeah. I, I went for the alcohol because fry. they had that bit of body from the wheat, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and that probably still isn't too bad to be honest I mean that gets marketed as a bit of a isotonic it does yeah, yeah. they give it out the after the Berlin marathon isn't it yeah um, you won't want to confuse that with the real one though because after doing the marathon and you suddenly have a real bottle of beer like wow fall yeah. over um, so yeah I, I, I would say just on the first two beers alone it's been a marked upturn it, it has the, the thing that's still missing for me is that there's still only light beers there's still only pale owls and uh, I was going to I was going to come to that I was going to say that I have tried a 0.5% uh, dark beer and I drain poured it okay I can't remember who it was so I can't even name check them and I probably wouldn't anyway but this is about a year and a half ago and I thought it was absolutely foul yeah I drain poured but it but I'm just wondering if, what, what made me think of that was going back to when what we said about the the Erdinger was it the wheat that gave it a little bit more body so it, you know if is is it that that worked me back then because you know that added ingredient yeah. or, or that style of beer lends itself quite well to lacking in where, where everything else the alcohol might hold it all together yeah. I mean yeah and that may be the challenge with some of the darker beers as well is that you may real note you may really notice that thin thinness with the yeah. body um, but then again I mean so many of the dark beers have been made with oatmeal now anyway as part of the build so would that help. Uh, yeah, and, and an oatmeal stout, zero point five percent maybe. Yeah, you know, if anyone knows of any good ones out there, please let us know because you know we're both big fans of the dark beers. But yes, I'd agree with you. I haven't seen anything leap out so far. Yeah, it would have been nice to have had one as a counterpoint. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so while we finish off our ghost ship, let's get into uh, another question this week. Opinions, 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 opinions. Opinions. So this was um, taken from uh, a discussion that Men Behaving Badly had on episode 28 of, of, of their podcast, which um, they were talking about, I think it was, I think it was, was it Tom that had been into a pub? Yeah. He posted a picture on Twitter of a sign that, mm-hmm. that they had put up that said, we don't do out by halves. We don't think half pint is enough to have... So we've scrapped the half pint. We now serve a schooner instead, which is two thirds of a pint, giving you more chance to enjoy your favourite tipple. So we thought, oh, there's a discussion in there for us. Oh, it, to, it probably annoyed me at the time. To, to have. So the question we asked was, is it okay for pubs and bars to restrict the measures that you can buy beer in? 384 votes. 55% of people said, yes, it's okay for pubs to do that. Now, before we get into it, I think people got the wrong end of the stick with what we were asking here um, well I suppose if we were probably the best way of doing it is to reiterate the context that we set the question yeah was that it was not so much about the restrict the restriction per se it's just that this particular pub which Tom went to the the first the, the minimum pour you could have was two thirds so yeah. there was nothing less than two thirds available yeah okay so for me, that's basically saying, doesn't say, but we'll charge you a half or anything like that. This is basically, I'm going to have to pay more to have a drink or something, which I may only wanted a half of. Yeah. Or even a third, but you know, 
a lot of pubs aren't a lot of pubs don't do thirds anyway which which I think lends itself to the discussion that the guys started having on on the podcast yeah um, but they did also respond and I think it's only fair that we give them the first the first comment yes on this week's show seeing as it's essentially we stole our content from their show yeah it's good for <laughs> us to steal someone else's content and again um, so this is from Men Behaving Badly at MBB Podcast completely agree on responsible selling of high ABV beers the discussion came about for us because one of us was in a pub that didn't serve halves as a point of principle it was two thirds and pints only we had more of an issue with that like we said on the episode our view is that it's pretty ridiculous to outright say the minimum measure is two thirds completely agree with all the comments on limiting pour sizes of high ABV beers which links into the previous discussion that you guys had with the Portman group yeah and I think that that, that was the for us that was the complete and utter starting point wasn't yeah. it of this and I think what what interested me certainly is that it spun off into just um, more of a discussion about pause in general. Yes, yeah, it went all over the place. Yeah. This. So for, for 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 me, it was about this one purely. This it was about this. I hadn't really thought about everything else that then came out. But I'm going to ask you first of all, Steve, on the, on this bit, off the back of the men behaving badly episode. What did you think of that? Uh, I have to say when I was listening to it I was, I was actually outraged because I was like had I been put in that position I'm I'm suddenly like, like you've just said I'm being forced to buy more of a product that I don't know if I want more of it mm. I don't want two thirds to be my minimum measure in anywhere that, that I can have because what if I don't like it well, or what if I'm taking a shot? Yes, yeah. you can ask for a taster. But, but a taster, as we've said before, tastes often, depending on the pub, that really doesn't give you a proper taste no. anyway. No. And I said, I, I was able to try all seven of the beers from the Islington, I keep calling it Islington Bar and Kitchen, but the Brewhouse Bar and Kitchen in Milton Keynes, that was seven halves. Yeah, so that's so what, three, three and a half, and a half pints? Exactly. So if that had been seven, two thirds. I'm, I'm easy over the, I'm, I'm up towards five, getting closer to five yeah. pints than three and a half. And I'm also spending that much more money well yeah the, that's, there's a flip side see this is the bit which peed me off it's like, a little bit of profiteering going yeah this, on that was the thing for me I was like hold on that's bad enough but if they'd said we think it's only right you should have two thirds however it's the same price as half a pint couldn't accuse them of profiteering you might not be doing responsible drinking but not profiteering this is just I need to get beer out of my tanks and money into my till yeah that's what that's about I'm fed up with people coming in here to get their ticks on yeah. half pints yeah exactly well then don't do a range of beers and people won't come in and have ticks then mate yeah well to be honest with you had, had I been faced with that in that pub I probably would have had the, the, the one two thirds and left and left or I might have not even gone for the two thirds and looked in their fridge it would have had to be for me to have stayed the beer of the two thirds would have had to be worth having if that's what I'd wanted but I think just that sign would have just peed me off so much it's it's just it's just removing your choice. Yeah, and that's that's what I don't like about it. Now we did have um, some feedback um, that actually went into kind of the the, the legislation side of things mm. as, as well, which was which was interesting. So uh, the Crown at Crown Bristol. So I'm assuming this is this is pub. Um, didn't have time to listen to the podcast yet, to which they were ref- referring to men behaving yeah. badly. But legally, all pubs should have small measures available, e.g. 125ml of wine, single measure of spirit, and half pints of beer. 
compulsory, compulsory licensing conditions. Now, the UK law states that you can only legally serve beer in measures of thirds, halves, pints, or multiples thereof. So you can serve two thirds legally, um, which may be a discussion for another day. Yeah. Brings up the question of festivals that are all in tickets and the, the pause that you get. Yeah, I think that, I think there's a basically there's a loophole there. You're you you're not buying the beer, are you? You're, I saw Your there was a beer. discussion and Matt Curtis made it clear that the way the loophole is you're buying a ticket for the event yeah, and at the event they you give are being you beer. given free samples yeah. of beer so you're not necessarily buying yeah. the beer. But I mean it's interesting though so the, the point the Crown made about the um, about the pubs about the serves pubs have been doing things with measures for years. I mean, yeah. the first time I started working in London in the early, in the mid-90s mid and stuff was the first time I'd come across the fact that pubs like, say, the Slug and Lettuce automatically served spirits as doubles unless you asked for a single. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, they, quite, they did have a sign up saying you could ask for a single, but it was a very small sign only in one part of the bar. So you, and if you're not in that part of the bar it, yeah. to ask for it and also there is a certain therefore amount of peer pressure about if everyone else has already bought a round which involved doubles you can't rock up and then ask for a load of singles so that was the first time I'd done it so there's always been ways of yes there is the law and yes you can ask but going back to this picture of the thing they're not offering it no they're not that, it's that isn't it it's your choice has been taken away yeah your starting point Four beer in this pub is two thirds of a measure. Yeah. So, and that's just so far out of our traditional things. Like, so, the man on the street, outside of this show, our listeners, people who engage with us, they have two measures for beer in a pub: half pint and pint. Yeah. That's it. Those two should be available as standard measures. And then, if you if you want to then offer thirds and two thirds. And I think, as other people make the point, for some beers, it's very sensible to perhaps even yeah. limit to those more minimum pours as well, because it's, you know, for, for various reasons, by all means do that. Not every pub can afford various types of lines, glasses, etc. But surely it's a bare minimum, they have to have a half and a pint. Yeah. Well, well two comments on that. So, um, I mean, again, from, from, from other podcasts as well. So, Beers Without Frontiers podcast at beers underscore frontiers. I was recently forced to buy two-thirds of a measure of Siren $10 shake IPA at 6.6% because a pub refused to serve me a half. Granted, not a great difference in actual volume, but very annoying. But they charged you for two-thirds. That's it. They're not, they're not charging you for a half. So it's not just about your having to drink more beer. You had to pay more money. You have to pay more money for it. And again, similar point of view from Riverman Brewers at Riverman Brewers UK. Yet, been in that situation several times. Wanted a, a third of a high ABV beer. The bar wouldn't sell it. The smallest they would sell was a half. Also had instances of being refused a half. Was told the smallest was two thirds. Makes no sense as a customer. I'm really, I was really surprised by some of these comments coming up. Because yeah. I thought that picture was a bit of a one-off. It was uh, Ruth Mitchell at Beer Fairy. So again, a long, similar sort of thing. No issues with the advertising and restricting high ABV products to less than a pint. I do get really annoyed when asking for a half and being told that I can only add a third or two thirds, for example, because of the till. It's just lazy and unhelpful. Oh, that, I mean, that's, I mean, tills these days... Can be programmed. It's so. just software. Yeah. 
It's it's not an excuse, is it? Oh, for goodness sake. I mean, that's dreadful. I mean, they're, they're actually just making up the reason there, aren't they? Yeah. They're not, they're not even trying yeah. on that one. Oh. Um, so, again, a few other comments. Um, so, John at Beer in the Suburb. Um, no, but they should have offered advice on silly ABV beers. If I want a half, let me order a half. I've been somewhere before and only sold beer in pints and it did my head in. And another thing in capital letters, so he's getting quite angry here. When you order a half, it should be half the price, not £4 for a pint and two fifty for a half or whatever. Genuinely infuriating. Well, that, that could start a whole different conversation. That could start a whole Because there's been lots of different things about it. I mean, in, in, in days gone by, if you look at an old beer price list, it was like half a penny more for a half, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was literally the half penny more, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's slightly different. But, but he, so he was, only, he, wasn't, he was only allowed to order a pint? Yes. So beer only sold in pints and it did my head in. So you couldn't even buy a half a pint? No. So how does that work if you are wanting to just have a half of a drink because you know you're driving and stuff? But it's, it's, but it's also where it starts getting dangerous. So um, Bay Beer Reviews at Bay Beer Reviews said... If you mean by not selling MP stouts by the pint, yes, but then why is it okay to buy a whole 750ml bottle of 14% wine with no intention of sharing? I know we've done this yeah. many times. If you mean insisting that I have to have a half or a pint when I want two thirds or a third, then no. So again, just picking up on that. Um, if it's a big beer, then yes, only sell it by the, the, the smaller measures and there are a lot of bars that do that I think a lot of I think most of the Brewdog bars will limit you to a third yeah. when it starts getting into the big ABVs I know just the Vicar started doing that over the last year and a half as their the range has got a bit more crafty and some of those bigger ones Yeah, they started limiting it to either a third or a half as well just that's perfectly sensible as well and also there are some people who will maybe dive in find it's not quite the beer they expected and suddenly they've got a big measure of it as well. Well, that's the thing, yeah. You've, you, you, know, you can always buy a second one. I have a pint of the, the, the biggest yeah. 10% MP you've got. Now, we did have a comment on that as well. So, Dan Star at B33R Dan. Uh, now, Dan's a member of the Bottle Share yep. group. Um, also volunteers at yep. the, the Sack Chelps for the he, Summer Beer Festival. And he, he, he was on a Twitter binge. He was. And his, his comment was as an experience at a volunteer at the festival. So it's not just okay. It's the law responsible sale of alcohol and licensing. When I was volunteering at the beer festival, I had several people ask me for pints of a 10% beer. Camera's policy was, was rightly that it could only be served in thirds or halves. Yeah, I mean, that would be just stupid though, wouldn't it? it some, would. of those ten, those, some of those big beers they had available... You know, we drink big beers. I wouldn't want a pint of it. No. At a beer festival, it's just going to go you, warm. Yeah, you're going to struggle through that. Um, again, similar sort of theme. JT at Allen Metal. Uh, no, unless it's a small rare keg and they want to ensure as many people as possible get to taste it. I remember spoons not selling left by the pint. Yeah, I could buy three doubles or a pitcher or a bottle of wine to myself. And then just to finish this one off, um, so Adam Nicholson at Adam Nick, who is one of the hosts of the Sheffield Hopcast podcast. Uh, it depends if you mean to, if if you mean total control over what you have or the option for sensible reasons. E.g., sorry, mate, you can't have a pint of that eighteen percent beer. But like at Beers Frontiers said, not allowing half a beer is just weird. It is just weird. It's part of our thing you know it's, it's it, part of our culture isn't it yeah it's, it's like, like I said or a half that's the for 99% of the populace there's two measures for beer yeah it's just for the rest of us it's just for the rest of us 
but I shouldn't be forced to go up the scale. No, and that's the thing. I think it's it's forcing. Yeah. Anyway, we've poured the beer neither of us have tried. I've, I have, oh, you have tried it, haven't you? I, 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 I haven't. haven't. Tried it, yeah. So Cheers. this is the uh, Thornbridge Big Easy. Cheers, mate. Oh, it's like, um, almost like Satsuma on the nose. It's Satsuma on the flavour. Oh, again, that's really light, isn't it? Yeah. Lemon, peach and apricot should come through. American hops. Uh, full of flavour, low in alcohol. Again, 0.5%. And interestingly, uh, I suppose like the other ones as well, per 100 millilitres, 18 and a half calories. Okay. So fairly much a diet drink. Diet beer. Diet beer, brilliant. Now this was um, the first batch of this that they did. They already... Doing a second batch then? They're already doing a second batch because they weren't quite happy with it. They wanted to get, um, and again, this was the the, the brewer, uh, Ben, got, got in touch and said they wanted more body in it. So they're trying to find a way to get a little bit more body in it. Okay, I mean, I get that. I'd say compared to the ghost ship, it probably is a little bit thinner. Yeah. But I'm also, I was probably programmed to think it's going to be a, bit thin, a little bit lighter because it's a, a pale ale. And the ghost ship, although it's a pale ale, is a darker yeah, yeah, yeah. Pale ale, and we also have an impression of what ghost ship is like as well. Um, but this has got an amazing abundance of flavour, though. There, there's loads of flavour in there, and I, and I think going back to what you're saying there, out of the three that were tried, the, the ghost ship is the one that seems to have the more body. Yeah, to, to it. The, Feel, the, the other two are still kind of lacking in what you'd normally expect yeah. from from. from like that style of beer and yeah. the body that you'd want in if it. anything maybe with the Big Easy you could maybe tone down some of those fruity notes and somehow bring use the malt and bring that bit of body into yeah, it yeah. as well but as a first iteration of their first attempt at doing this style of beer I mean it's it's typically Thornbridge oh yeah for, for, for starters I mean it's 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 a really tasty drop in the glass yeah oh yeah um, and again I think it would work like some of the Thornbridge beers they work. this would actually work really well on keg Mm. Cold keg, this beer easily, yeah. That would work all right. Might, wow. have, might have been um, with that bit more carbonation, add a bit more yeah. to it as well. well. I think we've just about done that. Haven't well, we? thanks to men behaving badly for inspiring us this time, Steve. Yeah, very much so, yeah. For mentioning it on the show and inspiring us, we did obviously drop them a line and said, "Do you mind if we do this?" And they were like, "No, no, go for it." Um, interestingly, tagging them into the question, they did also get a little sample of what Sunday lights are like for me <laughs> as, as, as well. So um, they, you know, they, they said they were just blown away at the amount of comments. And yeah, but no, thanks for everyone who did comment and stuff. Like I said, I, I was fascinated by the way it went off. Yeah, and as always, just um, keep those comments coming. Use the hashtag uh, opinions and you may very well appear in this next section. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So, just a couple this week. Um, we had Joe Fulkinder get in touch, who is on Twitter at GF Living Easy, uh, about a post that she wrote uh, around gluten free beers following the last show that we did. Okay. So, she, she listed. Uh, 10 beers in, in there uh, and a couple of the ones that, that we did the Marmalade Porter and Vagabond okay. in there as well and a whole range of other ones uh, as well but I'm, I'll put a link to, to that in, in the show notes it was it was great I think we reached a, a slightly different audience to, to what we normally reach with some of the shows by, by doing the gluten through um, and then Toy House Brewery at Toy House Brew um, got in touch regarding uh, the conversation we were having about bottles versus cans um, and simply said, because I'm sad and I collect 
collect bottle caps. <laughs> so, assuming they were leaning on the side of bottles, bottles rather than, than cans. Um, so that's that's really all we've had. Yeah, yeah feedback wise. All right. Week. Well, you know, I reckon we I reckon it'll be a bit more feedback maybe over the alcohol free and the measures. Yes. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I look forward to I look forward to reading a few more of the uh, the feedback after they've heard what we've had to say as well. Yeah. So let's jump into um, Paul's question of the week. Questions, questions, fill my head. And strangely enough, actually, this is a segment that is now spawning other people asking questions. No, no, was well, it just question of the week now? But we're going to leave it as Paul's for now. I, I think we'll leave it as Paul's for now because he does always ask a question. So let's we'll, we'll go with Paul's question first. Okay. Um, which was what should go to barbecue beer? For me, it's usually Northern Monk's Faith. It's an unusual choice, though. It is. For a barbecue me. beer. Because, I mean, surely you have to order that online, probably. You, you do, yeah. You can't just rock up for, and... For me, uh, a barbecue beer would be something I can grab from the supermarket. Yeah, and drink cold. And speaking of grabbing beer from the supermarket, Steve, how's that going at the moment? Don't. I'm absolutely... Are you I still... Mean, is it... I'm, you're not going to get emotional, I are you? I don't even know if I can talk about it. They're, there seems to be a national Rhinebacker shortage in Audi. And it's not just in your neck of the woods. It's not. It's all over the country. There are reports of there being no more cans of Rhinebacker anywhere. They've still got it in bottles. Um, not quite as convenient for a barbecue, though, is it? Not as convenient for a barbecue. And four bottles cost a pound more than four cans the, for the same serving size. As I'm not quite sure how they're justifying that one. No, that's a bit of a strange one. But I mean, I wonder what's caused it. I mean, one that is this, you know, in answer to Paul's barbecue beer question, that's your, currently, that is definitely your go-to barbecue beer. That is my absolute. I will do a couple of those while I'm I would, at, or cooking. I would hazard a guess that you're not the only person. Because let's face it, if you're doing a barbecue, there's a lot of people who will go to somewhere like Aldi yeah. to stock up on the meat because you can buy a lot of it, probably slightly less in the bigger packs, on the way out. Well, look. You can grab some beer. Grab some well. beer. And let's face it, for a lot of people, a lager type beer is going to be a go-to barbecue but it's, beer. But it's not like Aldi don't have any shortage of other lagers. I know, but it just seems really strange. It's just it's just the Rhinebacker that's selling out everywhere. But yeah, because apparently people posted pictures after you mentioned it. I know. And everywhere's gone dry. There is there is a national Rhinebacker shortage. It's. I mean, I hope they... I Aldi, if anyone from Aldi's listening, please... Can you solve this soon? And can you solve it in mid-Essex? Well, first. Please. First and foremost. Well, let's just go for East Anglia. Yeah, for my, for my sanity. Yeah. Do that. I mean, my, my go-to beer, because I thought, well, I've been to two or three barbecues and very much I've drunk punk a lot of the time because I can go to the supermarket and just buy it and I can drink that quite easily out of the can. Well, and they do do those really convenient fridge packs as well. They the make it so it's nice and easy to go yeah. in the fridge. Yeah, and that you can just slide that into the fridge and away you go. Yeah, so for me, for me, it'd be uh, for punk. Faith, Faith is Faith is in big cans, isn't it? It is, yeah. Is it 440? It's a really strange one. Yeah. What percentage is Faith? I want to say four-ish, four is or something, yeah. four and a half maybe. No wonder. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an unusual, well, not, not, that's not fair. It's not an unusual choice, but it's just... It's a very flavoursome beer, necessarily, to go with barbecue, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because maybe with a barbecue I want something a bit lighter. Yeah, it's something I don't really have to almost think about. Don't want to, don't want to be thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just having a quick look, just see what it is. Uh, 5.4, it's oh, the same oh, as punk then, isn't yeah, it? So same as punk, punk yeah. is 5.4, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's Paul. 
Paul's on my untapped friends there saying, yeah. He's probably at the top of the leaderboard. (laughs) That much. Um, And the other question we had here this week was from James at Gammon Barron, um, who asked, do you think with the recent spate of investments and acquisitions, breweries of certain size are scrambling to expand further so that they don't miss the boat? Definitely. The ones who want to, it's like any business, there's cycles where this sort of thing happens. And, you know... Tesco have decided this week that they're going. They've announced that they're going to. Whether it's off the back of Poundland going, but they're going to start doing some Tesco type discount stores. Oh really? Yes, which I think will bring them in competition with places like Aldi and Lidl because there's a whole chunk of their market which has been fairly much nicked by those two over yeah. the last five years. I think that again, let's acknowledge the fact that breweries are businesses, and I think you can get to a critical point where you either have to accept this is this is it, but then we could flounder because we're not getting any bigger or we have to go to the next level. And I think because a few of them have started going to the next level, if you want to keep up and you want to be at the forefront with your beers, you know, like Formbridge, who've made it public, but they're they're happy to have an investment come in from big brewer or private equity. I think you probably, you probably, you might have to have a long, hard think about it, but a few of them will definitely be going, okay, you know those people who we're in direct competition with? They're just taking a big leap forward. Yeah, what do we do now? Yeah, yeah, and some soul searching for that one. So yeah, I definitely think a few of them doing that. Um, how how many more can carry on doing it? It's, don't know. Yeah, how many can take that next leap? Yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah, it is because you know you could tick a few off, which we have done, and I well, is there any more who are in that position to go to that next level? Who are on the cusp? of going up none that immediately spring to mind but those ones that have now gone up would have left a gap behind them exactly for someone to so there is, there is, yeah there is a gap then yeah so it'd be interesting to see but excellent questions actually the barbecue beer one very very topical Absolutely. this time of year yeah, yeah. and uh, the same for James one with that, with that question as well about the investments and acquisitions and, and if our listeners have got any thoughts on either of those, let us know. Yeah. Uh, or if you want to have, if you want to add yourself to the ever-growing list of questions of the week. Yeah, oh, it's, it's almost going to become a spin-off show of its own. Yeah. That, that is. Um, so, we, uh, we're kind of at the end of the show, mate. It's well, bad, a is it? really short one. Definitely getting, I know that it's described double flavour, I'm getting all orange. Yeah. It's all orange for me. It's, it's so easy to drink. Oh, very easy. This Definitely one. easy to drink. So... In, in summary, then, we, we, we've done three beers again, yep. uh, all alcohol-free. It's moved on, hasn't it, since, Massively. since, since the last time Massively. we did it? I think it, they're at, well, all three of the beers, firstly, there's there's a definite flavour profile for the beers. Yes, we're and not, they're not just fizzy water. Yeah, we're not just saying, it's beer with no alcohol, you can stand and look like you're still having a beer. I can stand or sit, look like I'm having a beer. It does still taste like a beer. And it does have a flavour profile all of its own. I mean, I don't think Thornbridge have a beer which tastes quite like the Big, e- Big Easy off the top of my head. No. Probably the closest thing would be Wild Swan. Yes. Which is fairly low ABV. That's three and a half, isn't it? Yeah. But even then, I don't think those fruity notes come through quite no. quite so much, to be honest. No. Um, so this is, I think this has been a, a stellar leap forward in the two years. Um, and I think there is definitely a market out there people are definitely feeling that they want an alternative to either having the, the big drinking sessions or an alternative to having 
sugary sweet drinks because yeah. that's that there isn't really an in between sometimes is there um i know i would certainly prefer to have these in that in, in the house um well, be, you know it wouldn't be if i'm out i know i said it but probably a bit like you i'm probably good if i'm drinking beer i'm drinking beer I don't, yeah. be drinking now, I, I don't want to be throwing these into the mix. So has your standpoint changed? Because like like I said at the outset of the walk show, out. you, you were going to walk out if I ever bought alcohol-free beers. Oh, again. definitely. These are vastly improved. I've got ghost ship in the cupboard. I've got flat tyre and nanny still in the fridge. I've also got one which we don't need to try now, but we'll sit there for a little while. There's the Budweiser Prohibition lager. I'm so glad we're not trying that. But in my head, I think, it, and I will, I will let people know what I think from our untapped. But in my head, I think it will just taste like Budweiser. To be honest, it it it, it barely tastes of anything. Like it's, I said, <laughs> I mean, I I bought it to try when it first came out. It was in Tesco's, eighty uh, p a can on offer, and actually at that point, I looked at it and was like, well, I can't even buy a five hundred ml bottle of Coke for that. So I might as well have the ATP can of yeah. Budweiser zero percent. Anyway, what, what's your what's your thinking then? I mean, you know, I tend to have these more in my fridge anyway. These kind of beers. So I I still wouldn't go out of my way to buy them. Yeah. To to have as a staple in the fridge. However, if I was going somewhere like recently, I I, I did go to a barbecue where. I took a bottle of the uh, of each of, of the Adnams and the Big Easy to have because I was driving, um, and I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed them. They, they worked, you know. It was it was like I was well, I was having a beer, meat, the rest of it. It all it all worked really well. That would be the only time I would actively seek them out mm, to, to but buy them. At least it still gives you the option. It does. That, well, it's a limited option at the moment because no. you can only buy them online. Yeah. So, so you and, and both of these, you'd have to for Magnums. You, you, you're looking at your minimum investment is going to be an eight pack, and with Thornbridge, it's it's a twelve. Yeah, but it's early days, yeah. and both Adams and Thornbridge have got supermarket deals. So haven't they with their, and, and with their standard they, beers? They, so the Adams are currently talking to their supermarket suppliers about. I, I think they mentioned they were talking specifically to Tesco's about stocking the. Yeah, the zero point five, um, and I, I think I think I think they'll I think both of these companies with their supermarket contacts will start to see these be a bit available more widely. Yeah, especially if you know, especially if Formbridge are thinking about tweaking the recipe anyway. Yeah, well, I guess only time will tell, and maybe in two years' time, will we visit again? We'll, we'll be sat here again. What are we doing on the next show, mate? Well, there's been a lot of talk about this style of beer recently with the. Uh, the new Trappist Brewery opening up in the UK and the yeah. beers going out into the wild to uh, sell quite a lot of them, I believe, as well. They are pretty much everywhere. Um, so that is the centrepiece of the Trappist Beer Show that we're doing. It is. And wrapped around that, so we're going to do the Tink Meadow. Yep. Um, and we're going to compare it to some of its more traditional... And better known. Yes. So we've got a few Trappist beers lined up to see how it how it sits, but um, looking forward to that one. It should it should be a good one. I wasn't then. expecting to do a Trappist beer show with you either. I know. Well, was there's, there's a sour one coming as well. I know. At, at some point before the end of the year. Yeah, people people are quite interested in the Periscope version. That, of that they one. are. We, we just need to work out how we can <laughs> how we can sort that out so it doesn't detract too much from the from, normal from the actual recording. recording. Yeah. Um, just to, to, to wrap up with then, um, again, thanks to, to, to Fergus at Adnams for sorting us out the alcohol-free 
Ghost Ship and thanks to Simon at Thornbridge for making sure that we got a couple of bottles of Big Easy to try yeah. on, on the show as well. Brilliant, we thank really you. It was just harder to get hold of them. Yeah, uh, of, of those. Um, and I think, mate, I think that's it. We're, we're actually done. We're done. Cheers. Cheers. No, no.